Hey everyone, welcome to Orange Crushing It, a weekly series dedicated to high drive, passionate and motivated individuals. I'm your host, Frank Clark, President and CEO of The Mr. Orange. This shows a weekly dose of business, life and personal development principles geared toward bringing out the adrenaline junkie and overachiever in each and every one of you. As a seasoned entrepreneur of over five companies producing hundreds of millions in revenue, I'm going to personally be sharing my stories of success and, of course, my life-defining massive screw-ups, <laughs> as well as featuring inspiring guests, business leaders, athletes, thrill-seekers who just truly want to walk their talk and make life happen. Stick around, and let's get crushing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Orange Crushing It. My name is Frank Clark. I'm the CEO of The Mr. Orange. And guess what? We have hit the halfway mark in 2020, the halfway mark of all the orange crushing it episodes I've done. This is episode number 26. And, you know, I always kind of cue it up and go, hey, I've got a good friend on here. This is a good friend. This girl's a great friend. This guy's a great friend. And they are. I mean, I have I've had a lot of good people on the show. And I, I feel so blessed. And I want to thank everybody that's ever been participating in my show at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot bestow enough gratitude for that. today. You know, there's people that you call good friends, there's people you call acquaintances, and then there's a handful that you go, these are my best friends. These are my best friends. And today, I get the privilege of interviewing a best friend. A best friend, a guy like has had my back for a bajillion years, seems like. We've been through a lot of stuff together. Some funny, funny shit, some crying on each other's you know, shoulders, all of it. Just the whole gambit of kids and marriages and babies and business and you name it. This guy's incredibly successful. His name is Arlen Horsley. Arlen is the youngest of eight siblings. He's had four sisters and three brothers. The guy's like me. He's been working his ass off since the age of five in the family-owned aquatic plant business, which I will love to bust his chops about maybe later on. (laughs) He's always kind of had something going on, always. And in 1986, which is when I started my company, he actually started his career in the electronics industry And then uh, through a turn of events, he was working for a company that in 2002 shut the factory down down here in Florida. He was actually a customer of of my company. And that's how I got to know him. And then it was like, hey, man, why don't you open a division of my business down here? And he was just an innovator, man. The guy was just crazy good. He took what I was doing in my business and just made it. He painted the fine edges around it, man. He just made it really, really cool. He just he got us into industries I never thought would be possible an innovator. He started his own company in 2012 called Baja Bid, which is an international organization founded on asset management services and specifically in the electronic manufacturing space. The business has been growing like a weed. He's doing really, really well. The guy's a natural athlete. You can never challenge him to anything. It doesn't matter. Okay. If if you're going to play cornhole, if you're going to play poker, if you're going to play, if you're going to run around the block, if you want to get on a bike, this guy's going to kick your ass. He's crazy like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even if that means he's going to stab you first and then run past him. I don't know. Okay. But he's a great guy. I am proud to call him a, not just a good friend, but a best friend. Arlen Horsley, welcome to Orange Crushing It, brother. Well, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, if I was half of the man that you just explained, mama did me well. Single mother uh, raised me. And thank you, Frank. I am, it is a privilege. It is an honor to be on this podcast with you and your large following. I can't thank you enough, brother. You're a, a best friend. It'll probably come out as part of this conversation. You'll see a, a lot of Mr. Orange, a.k.a. Mr. Tangerine for me. 
And I really appreciate it, brother. I owe you more than you know, uh, not only pro- uh, professionally, personally, glad to call you a brother. Amen. Amen to that, dude. Amen to that. Lots of stories. One of the things, Arlen, that impresses me about you and is the way that you embody the orange crushing it energy. And the orange crushing it energy, for those who have never listened to a podcast here with us or part of the, part of the orange movement, you understand that orange crushing it is all about just being driven and being passionate about what you do and you know, seeking some success, but also not at your own expense or not at the expense of others, but really at the, at the core of it is helping other people get what they want. Helping other people be successful in their lives is how we become successful in orange crushing it. And Arlen certainly embodies that. He's, you know, he's always the, what can I do for you kind of guy. And I love that about him. You know, he's, he's that kind of person. And so, dude, you know, this whole tenacity to work, you know, this whole, I started working at five years old. Take me back in your life and go, hey, when did this all start? And when did you kind of go, it's not just for the family, but I see that this is the way to get ahead. You know, at what age was it instilled in you? you went, man, this is the way to do it. And who was inspirational for you in that time in your life? Well, Frank, I'm going to get a little personal here, and I'm going to be a little vulnerable. Everything you want lives outside of your comfort zone. And I know how much this podcast and your listeners mean to you. So I'm going to share some little personal stuff. And, and that, you know, is probably inherent to who I am and, and made me who I, I have become. At the age of six months old, I was uh, given up by my birth mom was adopted by not a acquaintance, but literally, I mean, you're talking 50 years ago, right? A neighbor, a good friend of my biological mother, and her name was Rose. She just, uh, you know, was a caregiver and the village raises the kids, right? So she adopted me from my biological mom. Very, very grateful. And my dad, my adoptive dad, which again, from here going forward, I'll refer to them, my mom and my dad, because that's who they are. My dad passed away when I was four years old of cancer. And my mother, uh, being I've been the youngest of eight, raised me uh, as a single mom for many years before she married my, my stepdad uh, later on in my life. We had a, I'm sure you're going to give me shit about this, as you always do. We had a little family-owned business. It was aquatic plants, plants that go in fish aquariums. We collected these and shipped them all over the world. And uh, my mother was of the making is that, listen, Nothing good came easy. If you want to earn it, I mean, if you want it, you got to earn it. Nothing in life is given to you. So get out there, put in the hard work, put in the dedication, total opposite of some of the entitlement people we hear to you, you know, in today's society. But the reality of it is she instilled in me at a young age, the whole discipline of hard work, you know, produces results. I'm so forever grateful. And I I had seven other siblings. I was the youngest by 12 years from my youngest other sibling, my sister. Again, they didn't give me any mercy. They didn't give me any mercy. Look, you ain't going to come through life and be the young puppy that uh, and get everything we never got, you know? So I'm forever grateful. And I bounced around, believe it or not, being a single mother. And, I, and a lot of my siblings raised me. I would live from time to time in their, in their houses. They were older and they were married and all of that stuff. And then, you know, at the age of uh, nine years old, my brother, my youngest brother, his name was Melvin, and I don't even know that you know this, but he was my, you know, growing up, he was about seven, eight years older than me, and he was my hero. And tragically, he was taken in a car, uh, motorcycle accident. Him and he was uh, in New Mexico, him and his girlfriend, and they were just driving down a road, and someone, some lady ran a stop sign, tragically took his life. And so 
I've had some share of heartbreaks in young in my age, but I never looked at it as I never looked at it as a crutch, never looked at it as an excuse or, you know, uh, anything other than go, look, hey, let's be grateful. I've always had this. I don't know what it's inherent to me or whatever from my upbringing, but I've always got this model that gratitude is the best attitude. I don't give a shit how bad you got it. There are people that have it worse. And so with that mindset, you know, it's, it's, it's carried me through my life. We've all had ups and downs, but you got to focus on the positive. Where you look is where you go. And I'm a firm believer in that. My kids, I have two beautiful girls and I have a couple of stepsons that um, I know they get tired of hearing me say it, but I'm like, listen, where you look is where you go. You want to focus on the negative. That's what you're going to produce. And I'm a firm, firm believer in that. And that's my motto that, uh, well, let me guess, dad, let me guess. Uh, where you look is where you go, right? So I'm like, yep, that's it. You get more with salt. I mean, you get more with sugar than you do with salt. So I have these little models. And some of these models uh, have even came from you. And it's, it's, it's what I live by. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for you and the other people that have influenced and, and gave me that positive attitude. Dude, seriously, thanks for you know, sharing that part of your life. I mean, certainly losing your, your brother at an early age, you know, your mom being such a great influence for you, that whole drive. My mom was probably the drive for me, too. My dad was, you know, he worked his heart out. He always was very consistent every single day. But I think it was my mother that was, like, throwing me out in the street 4.30 in the morning, right? And you're, like, tying water lilies, right, at five years old? <laughs> I'm like, Aren't you, like, the king water lily guy now in Tampa Bay? I know you deliver newspapers. I got you. <laughs> Well, hey, you got to tie up the newspapers, too, before you chuck into the house. And I was like, I don't know that it's quite the same skill as, you know, that, that water lily thing. But, you know, hey, maybe we'll go toe-to-toe one of these one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, brother, you, again, have a big, big heart. And that, you know, where you look is where you go. I certainly won't jab you about your wardrobe, about where you're looking in the women's department, in the department store. Maybe you might want to stop. But I will just continue <laughs> with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, dude, you got to be quick, and I, and you are one of the quickest guys, quickest wit. All right, that's the one thing I, I love about you, man. Other than your drive and your passion, you are a funny mofo. You are a funny mofo, and this guy's a quick wit. You know, maybe because it's my show, he's just he's, he's holding back right now, but he's the funniest guy on the planet. One of the things I know about you is, you know, as you got older in your life and you started getting into high school and stuff, very competitive. You played sports pretty much all the time, right? And you play football, baseball. And it's one of the things I, go, I like to instill in all kids is, you know, when you play, if you, whatever you're going to do in life, play a sport and play a team sport. Yeah, there's, there's greatness in individual sports like, you know, tennis or golf or, you know, where you're an individual contributor. But, man, there's just something about team sports that, to me, brings out just some incredible life skills and some great benefits. And I know you've been an advocate for that. You're really good with your kids about getting them involved and stuff like that. You've been involved in the local community. Tell me the, the importance to you of competitiveness and, and team sports and your history with it and how it's transcended into your business life. Well, thank you for asking, Frank. Uh, it's a good question. The reality of it is there is no, there's no saying there's no I in, in team. And I truly believe that. And the team is only as good as the weakest link. And I had coaches growing up that basically said, listen, you know, you go as the team goes, whether you're the star or whether you're a third person on the bench, you know, you are, and we're all equal. And I think it's important that you instill that in whatever type of team environment you will, whether it's athletics or whether it's sales or whether it's, you know, just being part of a, a family, 
for the, for, you know, we're all a team here. We're all going to grow together. We're all going to improve together. We're going to cry together. We're going to laugh together, but it's really important that you, you instill that type of attitude and ethic, if you will, in everything that you do, because I can tell you right now, the, the star will shine. You know, you don't have to pat yourself on the back. The cream will rise to the top. And, and you don't, that to me is a sign of a good leader is when you don't have to necessarily pat your own self in the back. And everybody knows, hey, that's the leader. That's the person that's making it happen. But they don't need to necessarily have all of the accolades and the pat on the back. You know, the results speak for themselves. You, know, you and I have had some, we said, we've done some different exercises together. And whether it's Tony and whether it's all these different, uh, personality traits and it's true it's true it makes the i remember the disc i think was the disc theory that we went through frank where you know the d high d and i and and you're going to have it makes all types of uh people make up a good team can't have all leaders no one that's you know want to go out there and, and be the analyzer or the the analytical person or you know it's really good and so everyone has their strengths everyone has their weaknesses you want to maximize the strengths and minimize the weaknesses in my part. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Interest. You know, and what you just talked about is, you know, there's one thing that's we're common with, and that's the Tony Robbins organization. You know, we've done a couple of seminars together. There was a time when I was sending everybody in the company to that and introducing them to personal development so they can expand their, their thinking, right. And just grow. And the thing you talked about is the disc profiling test. It's D I S C and the personality traits of, a person that's a high D, which you are and I am, is that we're very driven and that we're risk takers and that we're just kind of go-getters and almost to the point of foolishness, sometimes we just go, 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 right? It's like fire, ready, aim. (laughs) (laughs) No A to Z. Yeah, there's no A to Z. It's just right there, right? Go and get it. And I think, again, you know, part of that is, you know, you start off, you you get a discipline to work hard at an early age. And, and again, then you play for team sports, you know, and there's always seems to be in my life, there's a handful of people that always jumped out that inspired me, right? They said the right thing at the right time. I don't care, 11 or six or 25 or 40 or 50, whatever it is, right? There's always been one or two people that pop out in your life. Who was that for you? Who, you know, especially like formative years, right? You're like, okay. Your high school, your grammar school. I, I don't care when it was. Was it your mom? Was it somebody that was, was it a, a sibling? Was it, uh, you know, a coach? Who, who was it that kind of gave you some advice? And what was that advice that you still carry through the rest of your life? Well, I mean, I think for an early stage, it definitely was my mom and even some of my siblings by not cuddling me, by, by also considering the, the circumstances, you know, with the adoption and everything like that, they never, they never held that over my head. They always made me feel part of the family that, you know, I've never, you know, felt as an outsider and that's very encouraging. And, uh, but my mom was definitely instrumental in, in my upbringing and, and God rest her soul. She was one of the hardest workers. I mean, she is no nonsense kind of lady. She was about five foot one. She weighed about 190 pounds. She didn't want to screw her. You know, everybody in the family knew you don't mess with mama. And but now the same, don't don't let someone come in and try to mess up the pack, so to speak. So early on, it was definitely her. I know this is Mr. Orange, and and um, but I, I gotta I gotta really um, say personally that you, Mr. Clark, was very very instrumental in my life, and you have given me so much wisdom and so much guidance. Again, not just professionally, but personally. And a lot of the upbringing, unless in my later years, I can relate back to you. I know that uh, 
this is a Mr. Orange thing, and but you're Frank Clark to me, and you always will be, and you'll be a brother, and I appreciate it. I got introduced to Tony and that whole personal development environment, if you will, through you, and I'm forever grateful for that. I mean, I think inherently I had some of the positive things. I go, go to those uh, seminars, and man, I'm the biggest and loudest, obnoxious one there, man. I'm going in. It's like you said, 99% is a bitch. So I'm going 100%, 110, or I'm not going. I'm really for grateful for you and, and everything you've done for me and my family, okay? And you continue to do. And I am so grateful that I can be a small part of this little network of people that you're putting together. And, and God bless you, brother, because I'm telling you right now, you are one person that embodies the orange mentality. And I know how much this podcast and this whole movement you're making means to you. And I'm just so grateful that you you asked me to be on and be part of this. So thank you, brother. Thank you. Oh, dude, you're welcome. And you're touching my heart, man. I truly, truly, truly appreciate the words you're saying. I want to just let those absorb into me. And I, and I, I love you and I, I, I thank you. And I, I'm glad that, you know, I was some positive influence in your life. And it's, if it helped you at all, I appreciate that. I'm, not, I'm going to take that in. Now, normally, this would be a time you and I will tee up some joke. And we're going to. Enough that bullshit. Let's go ahead and get back to the real shit. Uh, uh, the love, the bromance is over. Let's get back to some. I can hear all your podcast listeners now going, "What the hell's wrong with these sons of bitches? They can make it out or what?" Uh, no, no. We, I mean it. I genuinely mean it, buddy. Well, and, and thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, as you've grown, now you're starting your own business, right? You're out on your own. You started Baja Bid, which is a an auction company, international auction company. Tell us a little bit about that business and, you know, again, some of the things that you've taken away or how you instill leadership within that organization. Thank you for asking. Again, going back to, to you and your influence on my life, I grew up in the manufacturing industry. I was a go worker, right? A, a busy bee. I go in every day, clock in, you know, at, at six in the morning and leave at six at night. And I bust ass, made a good life and living. And uh, I still remember back the day that we that we referenced earlier in the podcast with regards to, you know, 2002 comes. I've never been laid off, never got fired. I mean, always first in, last out type of thing mentality, right? Always getting promotions and, and really doing well in my first professional career. And like we get an announcement that, uh, oh, by the way, um, we're coming in. We've been taken over. And a couple of years after they take over, they said, we're you guys don't fit our business model. So we're coming in, we're going to lay 782 of you guys off. And you got, the good thing is, you know, it could be a lot worse. Again, it's all about the gratitude, the best attitude, where you look is where you go. Focus. They gave us, I was lucky enough to be one of the, the last 18 to be effectively laid off. So we were, we were part of the exit strategy, if you will. We had to get rid of the equipment. And as part of that process, I, you know, I met you. And um, when one door closes, two doors open. And I really, again, glass is not half full of me, it's three quarters full. And I'm always looking to add more to it. So the reality of it is they, we closed the factory and you did one of the hell sales pitch on me. You know, and I look back, I'm so grateful because the reality is at what I, at what, at the time I believe was a sales pitch, it actually became one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I mean that from sincere to the bottom of my heart, you gave me an opportunity, you gave me coaching so much information, so much knowledge you, to, you know, to hope expand your business and, and, and gave me the freedom to think outside the box and put my own spin on it, you know, 
and had to reel me in a few times. But at the end of the day, we, we, we did really good. We had an international business. We opened offices in Europe and Mexico, and, and you created a site in California. So I can't begin to even quantify, if you will, the experiences and what they brought to me um, and allowed me to not only just become a leader in the business, I, it also you taught me so much from a business perspective of how to run a business and, and got more involved in stuff that, that I never thought I would. Anyway, and you were very, very supportive when I said, okay, listen, I want to go out and do my thing. And, and you were instrumental in helping me. And this is all part of the orange, you know, mentality, man. You were like, yeah, well, let me see what I can do. Let me help you out. Let's, let's get this done. I hate to see you go, but dude, you know, when a bird wants to get away the nest, let's let him go. And you were very supportive. And what we do at Baja Bid, just to, to keep it simple, is we just, we're an asset management partner. We really want to come in and provide solutions to people, specifically with equipment requirements in the electronics industry. And, and for those that don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's a unique industry, but it's all I've ever done, right? I mean, literally from the time of my entire working career from 18 to now 53. I know I don't look a bit over 43, but hey, I am 53, despite what you may think. You think but, that's a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. look hot, dude. Yeah, you look <laughs> With the yeah. face for radio. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> a face the only mom can love. Um, no, with all due respect, though. So, uh, again, um, we're just a solution provider. I always say, look, you know, the best the best sales is one that you believe in, right? And, the, and then you don't have to you know, integrity based. I know that you're part of the whole unblinded network and I really, I'm getting involved in a little bit, um, been contacted by them. I think that's a great platform and a great, it's going to say people with, with the guys over there. So I'm looking forward to getting to know more about that. But uh, man, the best, the best story to always remember is the true story. And uh, I love the whole, Hey, let me look. Sometimes I may not be able to help you out, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to give 110% to try to, to help you out and make you more successful. You'll keep me in mind and our, our business and our industry uh, in mind uh, for future opportunities. And, and that's why your company's growing because you have an attitude of gratitude and you also reach out and, you know, what's in the best interest of the customers, what's in the best interest of your team. And then, you know, you're serving yourself last. And I think that's the true definition of a great entrepreneur and somebody that's going to be successful throughout their life. I'm gonna, I wanted to ask you a question because there's some part of your, you know, upbringing that I have no reference point on. I mean, there are certain things that I've, I've, you know, I've been around the world around pretty well. And God knows I've been, I've collected enough wives and kids and, you know, you know, done, done a few things. Right? <laughs> you, you got know, that covered, my brother. I got that covered, you know, and, 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 you know, started a few companies and sold them and closed them and moved around. And I've had a lot of life experiences, a lot of things that I really, really, truly appreciate. Some things that were friction before are now things that I look back and go, that was a blessing in disguise. I love that. We're both dads and you raised two girls, you know, and a couple of stepsons as well. And I know your daughters, you know, are your world. And it's always, that's one thing I've always been impressed with you is that, you know, it's your family first and your girls, especially, you know, your natural born daughters, especially. How was the fact that you were adopted? This is the piece I, I just don't know. I, I, you know, I was born with my parents. I don't know that it has any effect, but I just wanted to ask you, does the raising of your kids or the influence that you have on people at all have anything to do with the fact that you were adopted or is there any correlation between that thinking to your present day? 
That's a very good question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that question. And I don't know that I've thought about it as much as maybe uh, maybe I should have. But I, I think maybe subconsciously in the fact that it's always in the back of my mind that uh, my biological mother, and and, and God bless her. Um, by the way, she passed on uh, of cancer three or four years after. So I really am so thankful in the fact that whatever the case may be, was it the right time or the right situation? I don't harbor any bad feelings with her. I'm glad that she found a family that that brought me in, and I was able to, you know, get the love and nourishment and everything, support everything I needed. So, I guess I am a little, um, again, subconsciously aware of that situation, and I think that's why it makes it so important to me to to make sure that I am a positive role model and I'm supportive to my, my girls. And it's not to my girls. I have three stepsons that mean the world to me. I, I say the, the daughters thing um, because of the fact that I come from a, a situation where I don't know anyone else in this world that has the same bloodline except for those two girls. And so for that, I'm, I'm very protective and I'm very appreciative and I'm very honored to be their dad. And I want to get all teary eyed up here, but they mean the world to me, but my stepsons do too. Because the reality of it is um, their father wasn't uh, necessarily in their, mo- their their lives. And I was that role model. And I was that father figure uh, growing up. So, And they mean the world to me. They all mean the world to me. Uh, but, but thank you so much. And uh, thanks for asking. Thank God this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, not having a, we're having a Cuba Gooding Jr. movement here, like from uh, Jerry Maguire. You're not going to make me cry, man. You're not going to make me cry. Right. Remember that scene? <laughs> yes, I remember that scene. <laughs> show me the money. Yeah. Show uh, me the money. Show me the money. No, and thank you, dude. Thanks for, you know, opening yourself up and being vulnerable. And, and I appreciate that it, it, because, again, it's it's you can tell when somebody's very heart centered. And, and look, we're high drive guys. You are an orange as much as I am, meaning that you have this tenacity and, you know, thrill seeking and just bust your balls and hard nose to the grind. Right. Get it done. Make it happen. Get her done, Billy Bob, is what I'll say to my, my southern brother here. Uh, what up, Buttercup? <laughs> what up, Buttercup? And yet, you know, this as hard driving as that is, you know, you're raising two daughters and you've got to learn how to be sensitive and all that stuff, right, with girls and what all the dynamic of raise, being single dads and raising daughters, right? And yet, you know, your, your kids have always come first all the time. And so it's impressive, man. It's impressive that you've had blended families, you know, a couple times and you got your natural kids. And I just want to acknowledge you for that because and anybody who's out there listening right now, that's a single parent that has ever had to raise children on their own or through a blended family and deal with all that dynamics of, okay, who's got visitation this weekend and what's the new ex look like. And the new ex is getting married to somebody else. And what's that whole dynamic look like? And, Oh my God, they want to move. And the, Oh, it's a child support. And, you know, did you pack the, the coat? No, you're supposed to have coats at your house, and I paid the money. Oh, fucking all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Yes, man. Yes. Then that's a that is a dynamic, man. That you know, unfortunately, I guess you know that we live in an age where sixty percent of marriages don't seem to work. So there's a lot of people, probably more than not, that live with this scenario. And yet, I still I still give a lot of props out there. Anybody that's listening that's that's raised kids on their own or raised them in, indirectly, or taking kids on, foster children, adopted people. You know, that's a big hearted, that's a big hearted person out there. And I want to just acknowledge it. And I want to acknowledge your mom, you know, rest in peace. 
for doing that. And, uh, and you do, you know, cause you take that, you take that skill, you take that feeling, that core in you, and then you not only put it with your business, you put it with your girls. And that's great to know. That's great to see. Now, like me, your grandfather, okay? And you catapulted yourself into looking older than me now, your grandfather. I mean... <laughs> wow. Wow. Just remember, I always be younger than you, my man. Did I just oh. hurt your, your, your one feeling? Did I just crush <laughs> it? <laughs> one feeling. You just jumped all over his ass. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, man. No matter how high I get, I know you're going to knock me down. I appreciate that, buddy. Well, you know, hey, the man at the top of the mountain didn't fall there, man. And he ain't, he, and I ain't, and I ain't leaving <laughs> the stone, okay? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, no, but we're grandfathers now, right? We're grandparents. And we had a chance to raise kids. And now it's like, to me, it's like, oh, man, I get another chance at this, right? Oh, my God. Aren't you so right? Aren't you so right? Isn't it like, and you go, man, this kid is just like so, it's like the clay, right? It's just so soft clay. I can make this into anything, right? I can transform. I can, I can influence. I can be a legacy. I can be, you know, the greatest inspiration in the world to this little baby. And being a grandfather, you know, what would you say at some point, right? We're going to pass. At some point, I know I'm going to be like 150, you're probably going to be like 160, whatever, right? We're going to live a long time. But when that day comes, right, what's the, what's the message that you want your grandson, granddaughter, grandchildren to be like, my grandfather was this kind of guy? You know, again, what, what a great question. You know, I don't know if you, uh, you Google these. I don't know where the hell you get them, but that's, that's great. <laughs> uh, you know, but you hit the nail on the head, Frank. And the reality of it is, is that I took parenting – uh, very seriously, but I don't, I didn't make all the right decisions. I didn't do all the right things all at the right time. And this is like a second, this, I get a, I get a reprieve. I get a, a do over, so to speak. And I get a lot of the things. And I think I'm so thankful for my, my kids and how the, the, the people they've turned out to be. And, and, you know, they're very productive and they're, they're, they're not menaces to society. Let's just say that. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. But by any stretch of imagination, did I do everything correct? So and I'm hoping to, again, I'm hoping to improve. I'm hoping to, I'm in a much better state, you know, financially, mentally, you know, professionally, everything. So I want to be a positive role model to my grandchild, to all my grandchildren, the more they have, you know, maybe to, maybe again, shed some light and shed some knowledge, if you will, some integrity and and just, and tell someone, listen, uh, one of the things I would give advice to any parent these days and I really, truly mean this, and I didn't learn this early on, but I, I learned it as I got on in the later part of my, my years. And, and my wisdom is be their parent first and then their friend, not their friend first and their parent. You may have to make some, some tough calls and say some tough things, but it's because it's the right thing to do as their parent. The minute you try to be their friend first, doesn't mean you can't be friendly with them and loving and caring and nurturing, but you've got to be their, their parent first. What would the parent do? Ask yourself, what is the right thing to do as a parent? And once you do that, I think the rest will fall in line, you know? And so now I, I get to I get to spool the hell out of my grandchildren, and but also teach them, you know, some some wisdom and some some ways and some of some of these many sayings that I live by so they can go home and, and aggravate the hell out of my, my daughters and, and my kids. But, uh, you know, I want them to say that, you know, my granddad really cared and he tried to show other people that he cared and, uh, you know, tried to 
live life in the right way as much as possible. Without well, and that's a beautiful message. That's a, that's a beautiful message. And, and that's a beautiful way to leave a legacy, right? Is to inspire kids to do and have a great life and be, and be grateful. And I don't know, for my grandson, I want him to feel like he's explored everything. He has the courage to go try things. <clears throat> and if I could go back to my years and instill anything, it's, you know, try everything. You could fuck failure, fuck fear. You can, we're all going to fail. The people that are the most successful have failed the most because they've taken the most chances. Absolutely. Right. So go out and go out and test yourself. Go out all that time and do that. Now, one of the things that as you're raising your new grandson, one of the things I, I, I kind of hope that maybe you've learned from me, if there's any in wisdom at all that you've taken from me in the, in the 20 plus years that we've known each other close to that, Boston sports is a legacy. You know, we, we have the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Bruins, and, and the Celtics. And now Tampa Bay is starting to get, you know, some level of, we'll call it, you know, excellence in their sporting, in their sporting teams. And if there's any bigger Tampa sports fan on the planet than you, I don't know who they are. <laughs> if there's any bigger Gator fan on the planet than you, I don't know who they are. And by the way, I can tell that because I can hear you screaming from any bar in Boston and you would be here in Tampa Bay. You are the loudest like I got to say most passionate sports fan in the Tampa Bay area. And now that I come to Florida and now that my boys, Brady and Gronk come down here and are playing for your football team, which now I, I have to, I have to admit you and I are season ticket holders now for the bucks. So I have crossed over a little bit into the danger zone of my loyalty with new England. Dude, are you going to keep teach your grandson to be a, Brady fan, and you're going you're gonna to start to embrace the love that is the New England sports teams, or you're going to make them all Tampa Bay. So listen, I'm, I'm going to throw you for a spin here because you're probably not thinking I'm going to respond the way that I'm going to respond, but I'm going to do it anyway. Listen, I don't, I don't have any hard feelings when it comes to you New Englanders and your, and your Boston sports teams. They're great. They're awesome. I love the passion. I wish we had more of that down here. You know, if that was the case, maybe we'd be better. But you know, at the end of the day, is what have you done to me lately, baby? And I think we just kicked your Bruins' ass, okay, and kicked you guys out of the playoffs. Let's don't even get into the damn Red Sox, okay? And now we go steal the Golden Boy. I mean, I think even you, Mr. Red Sox, Mr. Bruins, Mr. I mean, Mr. New England with a fucking thick-ass accent, your ass realized the palm trees are better than the damn – exactly – Wicked exactly. smart, brother. Wicked smart. We can smart. We can smart. Go pot the car. Listen, motherfucker. There's a reason <laughs> why the older you get, the more smarter you get. The reason why you move to Florida and the palm trees and the margaritas. Okay, so now we've, we've literally taken all of the uh, what do you call it, title town, and moved it down south. And we are glad to be here. But well, thank we shall you. see. Thank you. We- we shall see. And I, you know, hey, I'm on the bandwagon. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm. I. I have a Brady's Buck shirt. I, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. I have a Brady Buck shirt, and you know, I'm. I'm here, man. I'm riding the. I'm riding the train, man. Let's hope that the. Let's hope the Rays can kick the Astros out and make the World Series happen here, and then the Bucks get to the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl's here in Tampa next year. All good things. All good things. Yep. 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 I really. Uh... You know, at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, we have some good teams down here and grateful to call you as a friend. And uh, and I would like to say, as I've gotten older and, and again, when the students ready to teach you up here and you are perfect timing with me because I have really started to embrace the whole 
concept of Mr. Orange and the art of giving, really giving. Um, and that's more meaningful and more uh, rewarding than uh, taking it for yourself. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for all the laughs, man. I have had belly splitting laughter with you over the last 18 plus years and uh, great memories, great lessons. I've learned so much from you in our business, in my businesses, raising kids. Uh, again, you're, you're, an, you're an idol to me, dude. You are. You, you're a great friend. Uh, I totally appreciate you. And listen, for our audience that wants to get more of the Baja bid or you know, get to know you better, or maybe just want to sharpen their water lily tying skills. I don't know. How do they get, how do they get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of you? Or make an ass of themselves. Hey, don't want to make an bigger than me, man. I, I'm the one of my own jokes, and I, I, I only acknowledge that, accept that role, okay? So if you keep laughing at yourself, man, shame on you. The best way to get a hold of me is uh, you can email me at arlen at bajabid.com. That's A-R-L-I-N at... Uh, Boy, Apple, Jack, Apple, Boy, Igloo, David.com. Gladly respond, uh, love and, and breathe and eat email. So, um, rain or shine, I'll, I'll respond in a timely manner. So, thank you again. All right, brother. Well, thank you for being on the show. Again, you emblazon and embody the orange energy. You're a driven guy, you're passionate, and you're funny as hell, man. And thanks for being on the show. This was really a lot of fun. We're going to make this a regular series. Arlen, have a great day. Stay inspired, my brother. Take care. All right. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orange Crushing It. Hope you're fired up to take on your week with unstoppable energy. Hey, if you like the broadcast, please subscribe. Share it with your best buds. And please write a badass review. You can reach me at themrorange.com. Stay inspiring, all.